This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, and this week I sit down with Amy Hale to discuss how her relationship with God changed when she began diving into His Word daily. Several years ago, Amy started sharing what she was reading and what God was teaching her on Instagram. She soon realized she was not the only woman who longed to meet with God in His Word and that women resonated with what she shared. This conversation was like sitting down with a friend who simply longs to walk with Jesus. She was vulnerable in sharing her struggles, practical in how she meets with God, and welcoming to all who want to meet with Him too. I think you will walk away from our conversation first, wanting to read and practically apply God's Word, and second, wanting to follow Amy on Instagram. If you have been listening to Grace Enough for several episodes and have benefited from the conversations here, I would like to ask you to consider supporting the show for as little as $5 a month or to make a one-time donation. You can do that by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com and clicking the purple coffee mug. I would like to thank recent supporters of the show and friends, Allison, Betsy, Jackie, and Lucinda. Your support beyond finances have been an encouragement to me. Let's begin this week's conversation with Amy Hale. How Bible study changed my life. Good morning, Amy, and welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Good morning, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I've been following you along on Instagram for some time, and you have taught me and several of my friends a lot about studying God's Word, and so we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, tell everybody a little bit about you and your family and what you do every day. Sure. Um, So I'm Amy, and I live in a little bitty town just east of Memphis, probably 15 minutes east of Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a wife. I am a mom. I have three kids. They are, I hope I get this right, 16, 23, 30. I think that's right. Uh, (laughs) So they're spread out. And I'm also a grandmother or please call me Gigi. I'm a Gigi to three cute little boys. Um, I am a conference speaker. I am a Bible teacher. I have led women's Bible study at my churches for many years. I have been a, uh, a moms in prayer, small group leader. And um, I, I, I sometimes call myself an accidental Instagram influencer uh, because <laughs> I think that's what I may be, although that makes you me are. a little uncomfortable. And I did not set out to be that by any means. And most recently, I started managing a... Facebook community group. Yep. Uh, I have had women for years ask me, please host Bible studies online. And I kept resisting. And finally, God nudged me and nudged a friend of mine. And in January, we launched our Abiding Together group. 
um, that's that's really it. Um, yeah, that's I'm a, a stay lot. at home mom. I'm a stay at home mom. Although I use that term, I don't like that term at all because wow. I mentioned I have a 16 year old. I have a 16 year old that has an active social life, and he ain't got no driver's license. <laughs> oh no! So I am <laughs> of all those responsibilities I mentioned, uh, being his chauffeur is probably uh, the most demanding of all those things. So uh, isn't that the truth? It's interesting interesting because I have three and even though they don't have an incredibly active social life because they're still really young and now that we're in COVID times it's totally different but before I thought oh my goodness what am I going to do when all these kids get interested in activities and <laughs> because I felt like getting them all to school and getting them all home and getting them to church like that felt like all we did was just drive 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 but yeah we're not there now. I mean, we're still kind of at home. So, and then are your grandbabies, are they close to you? They are not far at all. Yeah. They probably live, uh, I'm going to say 30 minutes away. Oh, so that's perfect. I get to see them probably a couple of times a month, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. My yeah. family's in Nashville, so they're not too far from oh. you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love Nashville. I know. It's a nice city. All right. Well, tell me, when did you come to know Jesus? Tell us a little bit about your faith journey. I feel like there's a couple, I have a couple of answers to that. I have yeah. the, the time when I accepted him and the time when I felt like he became really real to me. So I, I grew up in a Baptist church. We were there. My family was there every time the doors were open. Uh, we loved it, had lots of friends there. My parents totally introduced me to Jesus Christ. I feel like they, I mean, they have a, play a big part in my uh, salvation. And so as a child, like eight years old, I was sitting in a revival and my heart just felt pricked. And I felt like I want Jesus to come into my heart. I was eight years old. And uh, so as much as I could understand, you know, who Jesus was and, and him being savior of my life, like what that meant, I, I wanted that. And yeah. so I invited him into my heart. I uh, made my profession of faith and I was baptized. And I've shared many times as part of my testimony, I grew up in church, but like I did not read my Bible um, except for maybe I would open it up in church when the pastor was preaching, I would go to the passage, you know, that he was preaching from, but I was never, even as an adult believer, I can't even believe I just didn't read my Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think that I thought it was a really good book an important book, but mm, you know, I don't know how relevant it is. And, uh, you know, so, so I had so many misconceptions about the Bible. It's not even funny. So finally, um, gosh, 2013, 2012, something like that, uh, I opened my Bible and started reading and fell in love and it changed my life. And um, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but so I was like 45-ish years old when yeah. I realized, hey, uh, God's word is more than just like important and a good thing. Like it's, it's necessary <laughs> yeah. if I want to have real relationship. And that's when God became real to me, when Jesus Christ became real to me, when I did start reading my Bible, because for years, even though I didn't read my Bible, I did pray every morning. And I've often said it was like kind of a one-sided relationship, a one-sided conversation. I'm pouring my heart out to God. I'm thanking God and sharing prayer requests with God, but I didn't hear back from him really. 
Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I opened up my Bible and started reading uh, and that became a habit. I started to feel him talk back to me. I started to sense that and his direction and his encouragement. And it was like, whoa, like God is so wow. real. And I hate it as excited as I was. I hated that I did miss so many years, mm-hmm. you know, of the joy of, of being in God's word and, and, and his revealing himself. Yeah. Well, what do you think it was that really led you finally to open it up? Well, specifically, I can tell you specifically, uh, I, so I had a struggle with pride. Um, I had been invited to be a Bible study leader at my church that I was attending at the time. And, uh, as when I started doing that, I started getting a lot of compliments, honestly, and uh, it went to my head and women would pull me aside afterwards and they were like, oh gosh, I love being in your class and I love listening to you teach and you're so good and you're so this. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't heard a lot of that in my life. Like there weren't a lot of people lined up praising Amy. (laughs) I mean, it just was new to me Yeah, and it went straight to my head and through so many different ways, God let me know he was not pleased by Mm. uh, my pridefulness because see, I started to make the Bible study classes more and more about myself, meaning I would tend to talk more about Amy's experiences than God himself. I was just pointing to me. And I always say also, I think it was very subtle. I don't think you know, if I was sitting here talking to women who were in my classes, they would probably be like, what? But I mean, it was, it was subtle. You knew it. I I knew it and God knew it. And he kept saying to me, I kept feeling him saying, I'm not pleased. I'm not pleased. And I was like, you know, I'm doing my thing. And finally, one day I felt like he was leading me to stop. And I was not going to stop. I was like, I really like what I'm doing. And it wasn't even so much just people bragging on me. It was, I legitimately liked shepherding women, teaching women, you know, I loved it. So anyway, what happened one day, I learned how big God is and that he gets his way regardless of whether or not Amy Hale cooperates. And so I kept ignoring his nudges and my husband came home from work one day. I had not talked about any of this with my husband. And my husband came home one day and he was like, hey, um, I'm glad that you've been able to be a stay at home mom, you know, with our son. But I think it's time for you to get back to work. And so you're going to need to resign from Bible study leadership at church because I need you to get a job. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, God, that's not what I I expected. So (laughs) in awe of him at that moment. And I was like, he, it doesn't matter if I obey or not. Like he's going to get his way. I mean, it matters obviously, but he's going to get his way in. He had me in a season. It was like a year of, I just sensed him wanting me to be still Hmm. and listen to him. And there was one day I got on Twitter and I saw where she reads truth, where that Hmm. ministry had tweeted something about a Bible study plan they were starting. I'd never heard of it what I saw was the hashtag and I was curious. And so I followed, I clicked on the hashtag and started looking at what people were sharing. And I was like, Oh, so this is like women online reading the Bible together and sharing using the hashtag what they're learning. And I was like, I kind of want to dig a little bit into this and see what it's all about. 
And that's, that's how it got started. I just joined like the next plan they were doing and started reading along with them. And I thought, wow, like I have thought all these years, it was so hard, but here's, here's what they provided that was really all I needed, like a plan, <laughs> an actual yeah. plan to follow. So you're not trying to figure out on your own, where do I start? And then a community of women to kind of walk through it with me, hold my hand, hold me accountable, you know, learn from. And that was the turning point whenever I started reading these old, these Old Testament stories that once upon a time I thought, oh, those are just stories that we tell mm -hmm. little children in Sunday school. That's what they're there for. And I realized, uh, no, they're, they're so much more than that. And so that was when everything changed. That, that was how I got into God's word. He totally used that ministry to get me in his word. Well, and so you began to share then what you were learning pretty much every day, probably not every day, but close to every day. Was it just on Instagram at that point? I was so excited, was revealing himself. And I was like, I, I can't shut up about this. Like I have to share. And so I would just share such a simple, like maybe my Bible was open and just on a sheet of notebook paper, you know, this is the passage I read. This is what God taught me. Yeah. And that was it. And I remember at the time going, that feels so silly to share. Like that is just so like, duh, Amy, everybody knows that's so, that's so silly. Cause I didn't really see a lot of people doing that at that time. And I couldn't help, but feel like as much as, em I don't know if embarrassed is the right word. I just felt like, does anybody care about this? And it's so simple, but I truly felt God kind of just pushing me in that direction mm. to write these things down, share these things. So that was why I started using my Instagram account. And yeah, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure I just did it on Instagram. And oh my goodness, women were just like flocking to it going, uh, I want to learn how to do this. I want to yeah. learn how to read a passage of scripture and take these kinds of things from them, take notes the way that you're taking notes. I saw quickly how hungry mm -hmm. women were to open up the word. I, I realized I had not been alone, you know, all those years when I wasn't opening up the word, I thought, wow, I, I was a believer and I never read God's word. And then I realized, okay, well, it looks like maybe there's a lot of people that, yeah. you know, are kind of in the same boat. You know, I've had women tell me that the way that I would share it just kind of made it seem uh, less intimidating, made it seem safe and um, inviting. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that when I say accidental Instagram influencer, that's that's definitely how it got started was just sharing. This is what I'm reading and this is what God is teaching me. Look yeah. at this. You know, that's it, period. Well, and that's the thing that social media it can definitely get a bad rap and um, we can misuse it for sure. But it has also been an incredible gift for reasons like what you just said, you realize, oh my goodness, I'm not the only one who really wants to get into God's word, but just yeah. feels intimidated by it. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, what are some of the things that, as you know, some of the personal challenges that you have faced as a follower of Jesus? Because you know, you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, and you said you really don't feel like that you truly started, you know, like your relationship came alive with him, right, until you dug into the word. And so as a teacher of his word, you know, have you ever had any of these moments where some people might term it a dark night of the soul, some people may say, Oh, it's just a personal challenge where I wasn't sure um, about my maybe not your faith in Christ, but um, your walk with him. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm going to answer you and I'm not sure if I'm answering exactly the way That's you okay. are wanting me to, but, but here's my answer anyway. Um, as far as personal challenges, you know, of course I just told the story. Yep. Um, my testimony, like I feel like really started with this, this big issue of pride mm -hmm. and it will rear its ugly head every now and then. So pride has been a thing and I try to be super, aware of it. I don't want to fall back into that. I am constantly asking God to show me, to, to help me to pay attention to um, any time that it is starting to creep in. And, and honestly, now um, if I receive praise, it makes me, it makes me so uncomfortable because I want to be a good steward of it. I totally, I want to sincerely deflect it to God and, yeah. and, and give him the gratitude you know, that he's due and not accept it for myself or whatever. So it kind of, every now and then I get kind of, I feel awkward about that, about hearing someone um, praise me for something. So that's still, that's still kind of there. But the biggest thing that I have noticed for the past few years is comparison slash envy uh, because, and going back to what I said about how when I first started sharing, um, it's, it, it still is. It's so simple. I am literally writing notes down on notebook paper and just taking a picture of it. And I will see women share these gorgeous, you know, graphic images and beautiful things that they create. And that trips me up so much. I will see that and I'll think, I'm so stupid. I can't yeah. do stuff like that. And that, and a lot of times I will say, and I, I try to take a good number of social media breaks. Yeah. And a lot of times when I do that, it's because I have taken my eyes off of Christ. I, my friend Lisa Whittle taught me the phrase that we need to lock eyes with God. Mm. And I love that. And that is what we need to do. And I, when I take a break from social media, it's usually because I have no longer locked eyes yeah. with him. I have started looking around at what other people are doing and going, I should be doing that. Why am I not doing that? I need to figure out how to do that. And then what happens, of course, is I totally get off track and I stop doing what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm busy looking around at other people. And I'll have to remind myself, it's like, I have to get kind of quiet with him and talk to him. And I'm like, okay, God, did you ask me to do these things that I'm saying, create these images? And I'm like, no, I mean, no, all I need to do. And, and frankly, when, when my platform, my following, whatever has done the best, as far as growing, reaching more people, it is when I am 100% spending time with God and sharing mm. from um, the, the fruit of that, of sh yeah. sharing my time, the overflow of my time with him and not concerning myself with algorithms or trends or hashtags. Amen, girl. <laughs> I am serious. Like, I'm so sorry to all the social media gurus out there that are like, you, if you want to grow your following, you must do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, well, that, and that's another reason why I say accidental influencer, because I don't do those things. I try as, as cliche as it sounds, I really try to just listen to what God mm -hmm. tells me to do and do that thing. And that is what reaches people, you know, yes. not these formulas, 
So that's a big thing for me is comparison. Um, and then the other thing I would mention that has been a struggle for as long as I can remember is remembering that my home is my first ministry. Me too, girl. Prioritizing the people, the relationships in my home over, you know, the people on social media who do want to gush over me, you know, because why wouldn't you want to show up and serve the people who think you're awesome and tell you that <laughs> over the people who are like complaining because they don't have a clean this or, yeah. you know, they can't because dinner wasn't what they wanted tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, so that, that has been a really big struggle and something that I am, oh, I want to be so much better at is it, just prioritizing my family. Mm. And I feel like that is, that's probably the biggest struggle that I've had. The one that's gone on the longest that I, and I feel bad saying that, but I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, I think people relate to that. I can relate to that. I mean, Good. <laughs> yeah, even now, I mean, I think that all the time, why would I rather go and do this instead of just go in the playroom and spend time with my kids. Yeah. And it is a lot of times because most people online, they know only what I put out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they don't know all the good, bad and ugly like my family does. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I totally can relate to that. <laughs> well, something that I have realized throughout my years in BSF and just, you know, also, I don't want to say I've ever been really a Bible teacher, but being in a lot of prayer groups, same as you, is that we really, people can really struggle to praise God. We often, instead of like, we'll say to somebody in Moms in Prayer, for example, this mm -hmm. is a time to praise God, and we go straight into Thanksgiving mode, which is yeah. awesome, but they are two different things, and I have loved to watch a lot of the things you share online, how you talk about, you know, you rise in the morning and you give God praise first thing. Can you kind of share a little bit about, number one, why that's important? And number two, how that's really changed how you interact with God by beginning with praise and then later on getting to Thanksgiving? I, I do it because I have a bad memory. And I get up in the mornings and um, want to do a million different things when what I need to do is to first be alone with the Lord. And so praising him before I do anything else, I mean, it's so many things. It's like it's like every day sort of setting my feet on the right path mm -hmm. and when I praise him, it's like I'm preaching truth to myself. I'm this person with a bad memory about how amazing God is, how faithful he is. I, I feel like I'm setting my feet on the right path before I start my day. I'm preaching truth to myself, reminding myself who he is. And I feel like I'm. it's opening a door of conversation to him. It's like it's so it's so much like positioning myself like, OK, God, here I am. You are so good to me. You are faithful to me. You've never, it's just a way to, you know, not only um, forget who he is, but also kind of like make myself available to him to be like, okay, here I am. And it's like a humble posture. Like I, um, I need you. I'm yeah. seeking you this morning. You, I want, you are worthy of my first, you know, the first words out of my mouth, my first thoughts. 
and I'm seeking you. I'm calling you right now. And I, I want to go through this day with you. I can't yeah. do it without you. So it's like, it's a calling out to him. It's a positioning. It's like, like I said, every day, just sort of starting out, putting my feet on the right path. And then, and then therefore keeping myself on the right path, you know, when I start every single day like that, so that I don't drift, yeah. um, kind of a recentering. That's the thing. Oftentimes when I'm talking about this with, pe- with people, and I'm like, if you're struggling to understand really what praise is, just go read some of the Psalms. And usually the very yeah. first three verses of a lot of Psalms, like this morning, you know, it was, God, you are my rock, you are my salvation, yeah. and I take refuge. And yeah, it almost, it is a humble posture and it puts us in our right place before God, not in just saying like, oh, I'm a horrible person, but more of you are God and I am not. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one of those things that um, I think it's so important to give thanks, but to know the difference is really, it's just, it's huge in one's prayer life. Um, so when studying God's word, I personally believe the more tools you have in your belt, the better. And so something I've learned from you is color coding. And <laughs> that's just something I hadn't done before. And, you know, I've been very fortunate to have different Bible teachers teach me different things. Sure. And so tell everybody a little bit of, you know, what is color coding? What do you do? And why have you found it so valuable in your studying of God's word? My motivation to start color coding in my Bible was not um, good. I uh, I think I probably saw some photographs of Bibles, like we all see these Bibles that are total, like just rainbow <laughs> yes. colored. And you know, I see, and I see people just gush over. Oh, I wish my Bible looked like that. And maybe I was thinking something like that. But I was like, I've never done that before, and I'm curious. And so I'm sure I went to Pinterest and sort of just searched, you know, Bible highlighting and looked at all these different methods. And I always think of my friend Courtney Joseph with um, Women Living Well. I don't know if you know her or not, but she has um, a color code system that's all over Pinterest. And hers was the first one that I saw. Mm. And I was looking at it. And she has probably a dozen different categories. And I was just going to be like, I'm going to do this. And so I would start reading and I'm looking at all her categories. I would read a few words. I would check back at her category. I was like, this is overwhelming. I can't even focus on what I'm reading because I'm too busy trying to figure out what falls under what category. And it hit me that those categories that she had listed were things that were important to her to identify as she reads. And the same things or the things that are important to her as she reads the Bible are not going to necessarily be the same things that are important to me when I read. And I thought, okay, let's think about this for a minute. As I read, Amy, what what do you most want to pay attention to? What do you want to notice? And I thought, you know, first and foremost, I want to see, I want to pay attention to everything the Bible tells me about God, who he is, what he says, how he acts, you know, what he's promised and all these things about his character. And so I wrote that down. I'm like, that's good. That's one category I definitely want to highlight. And then I think about how I definitely want to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. I want to put these things into practice that I read in God's word. And so I thought application is big for me. So I thought that's another category. 
And then I thought, you know, sin falls into a different category. I'm thinking, okay, this is, I got everything that should or could apply to me. And I think I'm going to do a category for everything that should not or, or does not apply to me, which would be sin or even just a general narrative, anything that doesn't really or shouldn't apply to me. And that was it. But then when I started reading, I don't remember what, how it started, but I just started paying attention to conjunctions and transitional words and phrases. And it's kind of when I really noticed them and read them and paused at them, I was like, oh my goodness, they really help me when I pay attention to them, it slows me down and helps me definitely get more insight. You know, when you read something and it says, therefore, that, and it's like, okay, so I need to stop here and be like, why is this here? Why is this therefore? It's because of this. And so I thought transition words and phrases, I also want to pay attention yeah. to. And so I just, I do it because when I am reading a passage of scripture, of course, the first thing I want to do is observe what, mm -hmm. what the text says. And it helps me do that. I, I, I say that it helps to kind of like visually organize it because I'm reading a passage and it's like, okay, all these things that are talking about God, I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting in this color and I'm, they're in this category. Everything that's like a command or an example I should follow that gets a different color. I'm going to put it over in this category. So it's just a way of just, it's really organizing the text yeah. so that I can more easily interpret it, um, apply it. Mostly I have just found it really slows me down because what I will do is I will read the passage of scripture one time through, and then I'll go back through and I'll be like, this time I'm going to highlight everything about God. And then I'll read through it again and highlight all the you know commands. And so I'm reading through it several times, which some people have you know said to me in the past when I've shared this on my Instagram, some people are saying, oh, that's a lot of times to read that passage. And I would never get through the Bible in a year, which I've said, I'm not trying to get, why do you have to get through the Bible in a year? You know, that's not necessarily the goal. Yeah. Um, take your time, take your time. Yes. And uh, because what I found is, gosh, almost every time I go back and reread the passage, you know, I see something I missed. It, it yeah. just helps me, you know, not skip over something, especially when you're in parts of scripture that are pretty familiar and you're tempted yes. to just kind of skim right. Oh, I've read this 10 times, you know, whatever. So it, I like how it slows me down. I like how it just, like I said, just sort of organizes everything so that when I go to do my journaling, um, I can just understand it more and, um, and then understand better how to apply it, which is yeah. really, you know, well, and it's great that you say that because Jen Wilkin was on the show several weeks ago and something she said is, you know, there's a joke among Bible teachers of, well, how do you understand the passage? Well, you read it again. So what do you do next? <laughs> you go back and you read the passage. Well, then what do you do? You read it again, you know, like this, there is something to repetitive reading and that really is the way that people years ago, that's how they learned from audio yeah. listening and a scroll read over and over and over again. And so I'm with you 100% too with that underlining. It just makes different things stand out. Yeah. 
I, it's it's helped me a lot. And I would I would recommend a couple of things I would recommend for anyone who doesn't do it, but you're thinking I might like to try that. Uh, listen to what I said about don't necessarily try to totally you know adopt someone else's system. Definitely, you think first. What do I want to pay attention to? What what do I really want to notice to slow down and think about when I read scripture? And then the other thing is, give it a little bit of time. Don't spend a day trying it and be like, oh, this is frustrating. I can't do this. I would give it probably a week, you know, several days to just try it. And if it doesn't work, that's fine because that's I right. really don't think it's for everybody. I don't think everybody can learn well, you know, using that method. Well, and that's why I call it tools. And I'm I'm frequently in conversations with people saying, you know, the biggest thing is get in the word and talk about it in community and then take all the other tools and figure out what helps you connect with it most right. and connect back to the Lord. Maybe that's just journaling scripture. Yeah. You know, for me, it's I, I'm changing it up all the time. I was actually and I want to encourage people like if you're thinking about doing this, hop over onto Amy's Instagram. She has highlights that that's kind of how I I just watched the highlights and I was like, OK, I'm going to try this. And then just like you <laughs> said, I've kind of adapted it a little bit to what works best for what my brain needs to see mm -hmm. and understand. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's just so many different ways. And the thing with reading through the Bible in a year, it's interesting because some people say, well, I don't really feel like I'm reading it if I listen to it. And I'm like, but how did you teach your kids to read? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, just do both. Sometimes I learn more when I listen. Sometimes I didn't pay attention to any of it. I mean, there's just so many ways to take in the Word of God and Fill up your toolboxes, I guess mm -hmm. what I say a lot of mm -hmm. times. I agree 100%. Yeah. So on Instagram, what has been one of the most, and now the Facebook group, one of the most encouraging things or several things that have really come from just interacting with these women who, you know, you said for sure that you see that they have a hunger for it too. But what have been some of the other things that you're just like, this has been such a gift I am just in, again, I'm in awe of God that he could use somebody that like me, who I think is such a mess, such an unorganized. And, uh, <laughs> I would not mess. have thought that. <laughs> I know people say like, I, you seem to be pretty organized. I'm like, no, not at all. If I am, it's maybe about this one thing, but no, I, you know, I think back to when I was first sharing on Instagram, the, the simple notes and everything, and they still are simple. And I would feel kind of ashamed, like, mm. again, with a comparison, you know, like this doesn't look like what other people are doing and people aren't going to care about this. It's so simple. Everybody already knows this. I did not go to college. I have a high school education, period. And I think I can kind of beat myself up about that sometimes and feel inferior sometimes because I think I'll, I'll read things that other people have written and think I'm not as eloquent. I, my vocabulary isn't quite that rich. And I'll, you know, again, with a comparison, see? but God has just shown me how, you know, when he calls you to do something, he will 100% equip you to do it. And so Maybe my vocabulary is not as rich as a lot of other people's. Maybe my, uh, the way that I teach is super simple, but he has definitely shown me that 
people like that. <laughs> like people yeah. don't necessarily like to be talked down to, made yeah. to feel in fear, you know, and I, I get that a lot that people will say that it just, it, it doesn't necessarily, I'm a teacher for sure at heart, but I guess maybe the way I approach it, it does feel more like maybe a friend sitting down with mm. you and saying, Hey, let's, let's do this together. Come here. Let me show you. Let's do this. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but I think the thing that I've just thought of um, when I think about being online and teaching women the way that I have, it's just been just like, look at you, God, because I can remember when I first started reading my Bible, I think I heard Beth Moore say a long time ago, very long time ago, that she had asked God to um, give her a deep desire uh, for his word, a passion for his word. And so I remember hearing that thinking, I want that too. And I prayed it. And so just seeing him like just answer that prayer and not only answer that prayer for me, but like I said, use me, a very flawed person, you know, no college education. I feel like I'm able to teach women how to get into God's word and help them to know him more. Women who are you know, have much more formal education than I do. Um, It's just a blessing just to, I don't know, I guess I'm repeating myself now, but I I just love seeing what God can do with uh, a willing vessel. Yes, God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. I, I totally agree. It's so easy. I actually do some talks on comparison and say, you know, how can we have a healthy relationship with comparison without Mm. completely taking it off the table? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes comparing ourselves to people help us learn as well, but it's like, we want to adopt, you know, it's almost like you got to go and ask that person, how do you do that? And then, like you said earlier about, well, I didn't want to highlight in the exact same way so-and-so did. So I took what they do and I applied it to a way that I could learn. And that's what's so great about all types of Bible teaching is that there are so many ways and we all learn so (laughs) different. You know, I mean, I can watch my three kids and tell you, we all learn so different, right? (laughs) Like, God, could you have given me at least two that were similar? Um, And so I think that's something when we compare the the way that we can have a good relationship with it is to look and say, oh, okay, you spend time in God's word. I'm not quite the morning person, but when can I do that? Mm -hmm. I want that to be the priority. Right. Um, and so I, I think that what you have online is amazing and a beautiful gift because people can come to you and say, I need this stuff broken down in simple phrases. I need it. So I've been grateful for you for that. Oh, and so thank you. you're welcome. I mean, and plenty of my friends have been too. You've really, really been a gift to us. And so what would you say to that woman who's out there and she's just still struggling to get into God's word? I would say a few things. I would say, um, please don't give up. You know, it's, I have now, like I said, I've been reading the Bible since 2013, you know, daily, and I'm still learning. I still have days where, Mm -hmm. you know, I get up and open it up and I'm not feeling it. Um, but it's, I'm certainly not going to, you know, just push it aside and not come back to it. God, God made us. So God knows us full well. Yeah. And he gives so much grace. 
really and truly, he is going to honor your, the effort that you put forth when he sees this sincere, you know, heart that's seeking to know Mm -hmm. him more through his word. uh, He is going to bless that. I I make jokes. I've made so many jokes in the past about women asking me, women getting so hung up on where do I start? I want to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. And they just don't start because they Uh, think there's a perfect starting point. And I may be unpopular because of my opinion on this. I don't think there's a perfect starting point. I don't either. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, the gospels, I, I will tell people when I answer this question, I'm like, you know what, if you want to start at the beginning Start with Genesis. There's so much in Genesis. I love that book. Like you were talking about Psalms earlier. If you want to learn how to praise, how to pray, you know, what to do, um, how to, um, how to suffer well, how to struggle, what, you know, for the glory of God, all those things start in Psalms. If you want some wisdom, if you feel like you need some wisdom, start in Proverbs. If you do want to start with just learning about Jesus's life, absolutely somewhere in the gospels. But I just don't feel like God is up there going, oh no, she opened up to the book of Luke first. I don't know know. what I'm going to do with that now. That's, that's not where, so that's right. All of it's God's word. Yes, God is so just pleased with our desire to get into it and to understand it so that we can better know him and live for him. So, um, yeah, I would say don't just don't get so frustrated that you give up. Stick with it. And something that's super important is um, praying. And I talk to God so much when I'm reading his word. And I haven't always done that. It's probably been more and more in the last few years. But, you know, before I read, I'm like, God, help to just limit distractions. Help me to focus on what I'm reading. God, will you reveal yourself to me? And will you please help me understand what I'm reading? Sometimes it's as simple as just going, God, would you encourage me in in this book today? Would you just give me some encouragement? And then, you know, when I'm reading and I come across something that sort of pricks my heart and I think, oh, I'm not doing that so well. I think, God, thank you for showing that to me. Thank you for your spirit that does convict me and let me know, you know, when I am um, doing anything that's displeasing to you. And then when I'm finished reading, God, what does it look like? This is what I talk to him about the most, probably after I have my quiet time and I've read in the morning and I'm driving in my car, going about my day. I'll just say, you know, God, I read such and such this morning. And if I were to do that, you know, what would that look like? Like, how could I practically do that in my relationship with my husband? You know, what would it look like for me to do that? I ask him so many questions and I do it because he answers. He answers. And so I would say definitely spend more time in prayer. We were talking about in our little Facebook group recently about approaching God's word in prayer. And I admitted to the group that I had a couple of days where I was not feeling it and I was sort of struggling. And it was like I took a step back and said, I have not been praying before I read. I have been, you know, just trying to do it in my own strength and understand it in my own strength instead of saying, God, I need you. I need your help to understand, you know, what you want to say to me. Um, those are, those are the main things. Don't (laughs) listen to what I've been saying, you know, previously don't compare because it is easy. If you do get on Instagram and you have a lot of um, friends who are believers who are in the word, it's easy to see other people's 
pictures that they share, maybe their highlighted Bible, maybe their page, their journal of notes, maybe they're sharing some awesome revelation from their quiet time. And you think, wow, that doesn't happen to me. Don't compare yourself. Don't do that. That's a trap. Well, and that's the thing I've taught people when it comes to comparison, as soon as you start doing it, I always am like, do the heart check. Why am I comparing myself? Um, Is this comparison breeding sinful behavior or is this actually pointing me towards a change of behavior? Mm, That's good. Yeah. And then is this fulfilling my purpose to glorify God? And I've learned if I can work through those three questions, I am much I do better with that than just saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the don't do it make me just want to be like, ah, I can't do anything. You know, <laughs> that heart check really, really helps me. So that was so good. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And same thing with praying. You know, it's, I think sometimes we think we got to have this eloquent, long, drawn out prayer. And God is really he just wants to be your friend, your confidant, your instructor, you know, all of these things. And so you're right. When you're reading, it's like, just talk to him. Like, I don't know what this means. Can you help me? (laughs) Here's another good reason why there's so many good reasons why it's good to um, really to praise him every day, to, to think on who he is, to meditate on who he is, his character. You know, Go, look, go to Psalm 119 yes. and read about how important it is that we meditate on God's word day and night and like the fruit of that and all that. God is a God of love. Like if if we were not able to read it and understand it and walk it out, he would never like tell us to do those things if, he, oh, if we yeah. could do it, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Amy, We've told everybody that you're on Instagram, but where can they find you there? Uh, at Amy Hale. That's it. That's it. That's right. There's no There's no middle initial. There's no none of that. And then as far as and if someone were to want to get involved in the Facebook group, kind of how is that working and how could they get involved with that? Yeah, I do have a link in my profile on Instagram for Abiding Together Community. So just hit that link. And and what we do is we are just going to host probably five or six Bible studies every year. And we are about to finish one up. A new one will be starting in March, March 1st, maybe. So now is a great time to join. Just find that link and um, let us know how you heard about us. And we would love to have you. It's a fun, fun group. Kristen and I are having so much fun getting to know the women and um, sharing what we're learning through the study. So we would love to have you. Yeah, and it's a great place to go and join, too, if you are that person that feels a little bit intimidated, because it's a safe place. There's a lot of people who are all on different paths, I mean, on the same path, but in different points in their journey with Christ. So, Amy, thank you so much for being here and for all that you do to serve the women um, online in that space. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So before you put your phone away... Hop on Instagram and follow Amy and Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber if you don't already. I would love to hear what resonated with you from today's conversation. So leave a comment or a message and we'll connect there. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part 
by Wheaton College's MA in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu/hdl.